0: Welcome to Peace by Believing with John Redmond, Associate Pastor of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. One way to score points in the game of football is to make a touchdown and then attempt an extra point. On today's program, John draws a parallel between the sport and our lives in his message, a spiritual touchdown and an automatic extra point.
1: If you have your Bible today, I wish you would open it to the book of Romans, chapter number 5. We're going to be looking this morning at one of the greatest passages of Scripture in all the New Testament. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. This is one of those passages that we should return to over and over again, because in these verses we read not only how to become a Christian how to get saved, but we also learn the benefits of salvation. Some of you here today, and maybe you've not crossed over that line from darkness to light and from death to life, and you're thinking about becoming a Christian, and you're thinking about giving your heart to the Lord, and maybe you're wondering, uh, you know, what are the the benefits? What what would happen to me if I got saved? Well, this morning, we're going to get some of those questions answered in Romans chapter number five. Now. In a football game, after a team scores a touchdown, what do they do? They kick the extra point. Now, in the spiritual life, The ultimate touchdown is when we get saved, right? When we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And then after that, the spiritual extra point. Now, we're going to get into the spiritual extra point, the PAT, the point after touchdown, in just a minute. But let's look in Romans chapter 5, first of all, at what I'm calling the greatest spiritual touchdown, the moment that you were saved. Paul says, chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith. Now that word justified is an interesting word. In Bible times, it was a legal word. A person would be brought into the courts and appear before the judge and the judge would hear the case and the judge would weigh the evidence And many times the judge would say, this person is not guilty. They have not done what you have accused them of doing. And so I am, the judge would say, from a legal sense, justifying this person. I am pronouncing this person not guilty. Now, this is the word that the Bible uses to describe our salvation. In the eyes of God, when a person gets saved, we are justified, Billy Graham used to say, it is just as if we had never sinned. When Jesus Christ comes into our heart and washes our sins away, you can think about all the sins you've committed from your childhood, your teenage years, young adult life, and more recent sins. All of those sins when you received Christ were washed away and you were pronounced not guilty. You were justified. But biblically, there's more to justification than just that, as great as that is. Biblically, when Paul says, having been justified by faith, what he's saying is not only has God forgiven our sins, but now watch this. He has also covered us in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, God made him, that is Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And so when you got saved, what did you do? You gave Jesus your sins and you gave him your faith and what did he do? He took that and then he gave you his righteousness. It is the great exchange. I was thinking last week, how could I illustrate that in a more modern and contemporary setting so we could all kind of understand how that he's forgiven us, but he's also clothed us in his righteousness. I'm talking now about the heavenly father, right? Let me use my earthly father as an example to keep the father-child relationship. Let's just play like that I owed my dad a thousand dollars. Let's just play like that I owed him that, which by the way, I don't. Okay. I don't owe him anything but let's play like I owed him $1,000. And so I went to him a few weeks ago and I said, hey, dad, I've made some unwise financial decisions. I've got myself in a mess and I've got bills coming due and I need $1,000. Could you loan it to me? And he says, sure, no problem. He goes in the other room. He gets his checkbook. He writes me a check for $1,000. And I say to him, I'll pay you back in one month. He says, you have a month. And so The month goes by. I'm trying to save my money. I'm trying to get that thousand dollars ready to pay him back. And for whatever reason, I just can't do it. And so four weeks goes by, five weeks, six weeks, and now it's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed because it's been more than four weeks. And so I go to him and I say, Dad, look, I don't have the thousand dollars to pay you back. I owe you a thousand, but I don't have it. And I'm sorry, but I just need more time. And so he listens to that and he says, okay, I hear what you're saying. And then he just quietly excuses himself from the room and he goes into some other room and about 15 minutes later, he comes back and, and he sits down and I notice he has something in his hand and he says, John, he said, first of all, you owe me a thousand and you, you said you can't pay it back. And so I just want you to know I'm forgiving the debt. You no longer owe me a thousand. I'm like, wow, you're gonna forgive me. You're just gonna let it go. I don't owe you a thousand. He said, I'm forgiving the debt. And not only that, I wanna give you something. And he reaches out, and I reach out, and I take a check made out to me for $10,000. Now, Dad, even though I don't owe you $1,000, if you gave me that $10,000 today later on, that might be kind of fun for me to have that experience. But he gave me the $10,000. Now, what would would have just happened in that transaction? Two things. He forgave the debt, $1,000 that I owed him. He said, you don't owe it anymore. And then he gave me his wealth. That's what Paul meant when he said that the Father has justified us because of what Jesus has done. He canceled the debt. He washed away the sins. We don't owe God anything. And not only that, he now has covered us and clothed us in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Isaiah 61, 10, we have been covered in his righteousness and clothed in the robes of salvation so that when God sees us in the eyes of God, we are as righteous and as perfect as Jesus Christ. And so when Paul said, we just read over that, having been justified, some translations, some of the newer translations, having been made right with God. And then it says, by faith, how does this happen? By trusting Christ. Again, we place our faith where God placed our sin. On Jesus. When Jesus died on that cross, he had our sin. So that's this is where everything happened. And so to be saved, I have to place my faith on him, on Jesus. And he forgives my debt and he gives me his wealth and I'm covered now in his righteousness. Now, have you ever done that? Has there been a time in your life when you made that transaction, the great exchange, you gave him your sin, he forgave it. He gave you his righteousness and you received and you're made right, you're justified with God. If so, you have scored a spiritual touchdown. And now it's time for the PAT, the point after touchdown, the extra kick. What did I say earlier? In the NFL, the PAT is no longer automatic. Kickers are missing the kick because it's not as easy anymore. But in the Christian life, the PAT, the point after touchdown is automatic every single time. Now, it's interesting. Last Monday in my own Bible reading, I was scheduled to read Romans 5, which I did. And I honed in on these first five verses. And it seemed like throughout the day, I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about the key words that follow our salvation. Now I'm in the New King James, different translations may say it slightly differently and they do. But in the New King James, the three benefits that follow our salvation start with the letters P A T. And late last Monday night, I was walking around my house and I was thinking, how can I ever remember these three words, And peace and access and tribulation? And I'm thinking about it and it came to me, P-A-T. It's the point after touchdown. After we get saved, these are the automatic benefits that we can experience. And so that's why I'm saying, I think this will be memorable to you. Let's look at the P word first. Look in verse two. Verse 1, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, here comes the first benefit, through whom also, well, first of all, back in verse 1, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, that's the first word, the P word, peace. We have peace with God. One of the things that happens automatically, 100% of the time, in everybody's life who receives Jesus Christ is that we begin to experience peace with God. Now let's talk about that just for a second. What does peace with God mean? It means that our relationship with God has completely changed. Did you know that before you were saved, the Bible says you were an enemy of God. The Bible says that before you were saved, you didn't know it and I didn't know it and we didn't think of it this way or we would have gotten saved even sooner. But before we were saved, we were at war with God and God was at war with us. Why? Because God hates sin. And God is always in opposition and at war with sin. And so before you got saved, God looked at you and God saw all your sins and he saw all of my sins. And so he was opposed to that. He was at war with us. But when we receive Christ, now the sins are forgiven. Now we're clothed in Christ's righteousness. God looks at us and we're as righteous in the eyes of God as Jesus is, the war with heaven is over. And so peace with God in this context is not talking about peaceful feelings. We normally, when we talk about peace, we talk about calmness, tranquility, assurance, and all these things. And that's a wonderful thing that we can experience too. But here, he's not talking about feelings. He's talking about our status. Now, if we do have that right relationship with God, and if we have been saved we have peace with God, more often than not, we should have those peaceful feelings. But let me say this to you today. It is possible... For you to be in this room today or for you to be gathered around in your home watching this service, listening to this scripture being taught, it is possible that you could be saved and not be enjoying those peaceful feelings that God wants you to enjoy and yet you're still saved. Those peaceful feelings are known as the peace of God. The peace of God, Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7. In verse 6 it says, be anxious for nothing but you know, cast all your cares on God and so on. And in verse seven, it says the peace of God will guard your heart and mind. Those are peaceful feelings, but Christians don't always have peaceful feelings. And so today... If you say, you know what, I don't have those peaceful feelings, that doesn't mean you're not saved because your salvation is not dependent on your feelings. Your salvation is dependent on this status, this peace with God status. And that comes when you put faith in Jesus Christ. I heard a pastor say this one time, I never have forgotten. He said, our emotions, our feelings are the most shallow part of our lives salvation is the deepest work of God in our souls. And then he said this, God doesn't do the deepest work in the most shallow part. And so if you are trusting in Christ, what I'm saying to you today, what God is saying to you today, if your faith is resting in Jesus Christ, you are saved, you are at peace with God, whether you feel saved or not. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that my salvation is not dependent on my feelings. I'm glad my salvation is dependent on something much more secure than that. And that is on this status with God. And so we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the P stands for. What does the A stand for? It stands for the word access. Look in verse two, through whom also we have access by faith, Into his grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And so one of the benefits of being saved, not only do we have a right status with God, but we also have access to God. We can go to God any time of the day or night. Don't have to be in church. You don't have to go to a priest. You don't have to go to a confessional booth. You don't have to go to a pastor. You don't have to be with anybody. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be on Sunday. Anytime anywhere, you have access to God. He is your Father. Just like my father, I have access to my father. I can call him whenever I want to call him. I can go to their house and visit whenever I want to do that. With the heavenly father, we have access. He's never too busy. He's never uninterested. And it's one of the benefits of being saved. And then in verse 3, we read about the third benefit, the T, the P-A-T. And we read it and we think, now, wait a second. What is this? Look at verse 3. And not only that, Paul's saying, not only do you have peace with God after you get saved, and not only do you have access to God after you get saved, but notice what he says, not only that, but we also glory or rejoice in tribulations. Now, I read that the other day and I'm thinking perhaps what you're thinking now, now God, talk about benefits of salvation, peace. Yes. Access. Definitely. Tribulation. How is tribulation a benefit of salvation? How am I supposed to to rejoice because I'm having tribulation? Well, it's interesting. That word tribulation literally means pressure, pressure. And in Bible times, it was the word used to describe the process, the pressure that took place when a grape was crushed so that wine could be produced. It was used also to describe the process that took place when an olive was crushed or pressed so that the oil could be produced. It, was, it went through a process of tribulation. It went through a time of pressure, went through a time of stress, a time of crushing, but it was a good thing because without the grapes being pressed, there would be no wine. Without the oil being pressed and stressed and pressured like that, there would be no oil. And so God is using these things we go through in life to squeeze us and to pressure us and to, and to crush us even so that he can get out of us that which he has already put in us when we got saved. And yet so many times in life, the cares of this world and so on block all that. Notice, the, notice what happens when we get crushed. Look at back in verse three. Knowing that tribulation... It produces perseverance, endurance, patience, and perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. You see, God wants you to have patience. He wants you to have character, to be more like Christ, and he wants you to have hope as you look for the future. But in order for you to have those things, sometimes God allows us to be squeezed, as it were, to be pressed, to go through tribulation. Now, as I was thinking about tribulation, I think tribulation falls under one of two categories. First of all, there's some tribulations, problems, and pressures that we could just say are common to everybody. Wouldn't matter if you were Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, atheist, it doesn't matter. We all have certain problems just because we live in an imperfect world. One of the reasons I believe God lets us face these things is just to remind us that although things on earth are imperfect, we are going to a perfect place one of these days. Think about this. If your life were perfect, if you always felt great, if everybody was always telling you how wonderful you are and everybody loved you and you never had any conflict and everything was just perfect, and you had plenty of money and, and, and everything's great, why would you even want to go to heaven? Wouldn't you just say, man, I, got, I mean, it can't be any better than this. Sometimes God lets the drain pipe get busted so we can remember things on earth aren't perfect. Now, that's the first category, what I'm calling common problems. But there's a second category of tribulation and pressure and problems that, that are, that, and this category is unique to those of us who are saved. In other words, there's some problems that non-Christians won't ever face, that atheists won't ever have. But if you're saved, and not only saved, if you have devoted your life, not only to trusting Christ, but if you are endeavoring to bring people to Jesus Christ so that they can be saved, I'm telling you, the Bible is telling all of us, you can expect some pressures in life that you would not otherwise have some tribulations, some crushing, some problems that he or she would not have. And we might look at that as a bad thing and say, God, I don't want the, tr- I don't want the pressure. I don't want the stress. I don- it could be discouragement. It could be people turning against you. It could be all kinds of things happening. And we look at that as a bad thing, but God says, don't look at it as a bad thing. Look at it as a good thing because just like that grape had to be crushed for the wine to come out, just like that olive had to be crushed for the oil to come out, you have to be crushed so that out of your life can come those qualities that are in Christ, perseverance, patience, endurance, character, and hope How many people here today, as you look down the future of your life on earth, how many of you have hope? The psalmist said in Psalm 27 and verse 13, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. When you look to the next season of your life, do you have any hope? If you don't, God's looking at the situation. God said, you don't have hope. I want you to have hope. But in order to have hope, you've got to have the squeezing. You've got to have the pressure. You've got to have the tribulation. You've got to have the problem because that problem will squeeze hope out of you. When we get saved, it is the spiritual touchdown. After the spiritual touchdown, there's the PAT, there's the peace. There's the access. And there's the tribulation. And all of it works together for our good. Now, last tuesday night i was in my house in my chair had read my bible had prayed had read some other devotional books and i was just sitting there in the quietness of my house you live alone the house is always quiet anyway you turn the tv off and not on your phone it's really quiet and so there i was and I had one of the most amazing and interesting experiences that I've ever had. It was like, and I'll, I'll do a poor job explaining this, but it was like I felt covered by an invisible cloud. It was like I felt the presence of God and heard the voice of God, even though I couldn't see him or audibly hear him and this is the thought that came to my mind but deeper than my mind this is the impression that came in my heart here here's what it was in in one sentence it was like god said to me it was like heaven said to me you are known by god having been justified by faith i trust jesus I'm known by God. Now, I've I've known that I've been known by God ever since I came to the full assurance of my salvation. That's been a long time ago. So I didn't just get that last Tuesday night. I'm just saying for me, in a fresh way, I just had this impression, you're known by God. You know, there's a passage in the scripture that used to scare me to death in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said at the final judgment, that many will say to me that they Lord, Lord, did we not do all these things in your name? And shouldn't we be allowed to go into heaven? And Jesus said, truly, I say, you know, I'm going to say in that day, depart from me. I never knew you. I thought, oh, I can't imagine anything worse than to hear that. And then God led me years ago to put my faith, where God placed my sin on Jesus Christ. And when I did that, he forgave my sin. He clothed me in his righteousness. He filled my heart with a peace that I had never known before, a peace that passes all understanding, peace like a river. And then God led me to Nahum 1-7. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust in him. And I remember I read that verse. He knows those who trust in him. Now, think about this. If God knows us, He's not ever going to tell us that He never knew us. How could God tell somebody He never knew you if He knows you? And He knows you if you trust Christ. I'm asking you today, we're talking about being justified by faith. We're talking about having peace with God, access to God, good things coming out of the problems we face. I'm asking you today are you known by God? Are you known in heaven? If one of your family members or friends this afternoon walking with Jesus mentioned your name, what would Jesus say in response to that? Would he smile? (laughs) I know him. Oh, I know her. They're trusting in me, and I know them. Or would Jesus say, hmm, I don't know him. I don't know her, not in a personal way.
0: Would you like to have 100% assurance that you are known by God? You can have that assurance when you trust Jesus as your Savior. Won't you pray with me now? Dear Jesus, I believe that you love me and that you died on the cross to pay for my sins. Right now, I ask you to come into my heart, forgive my sins, and make me a Christian. I ask you to save me, and I trust you to do it. Please make me the person you created me to be. In your name I pray, Amen. For those of you who have prayed to receive Christ as your Savior today, we would love to know about it and to rejoice with you in your decision. Please let us know by sending an email to info at peacebybelieving.org or by giving us a call at 1-800-337-0157. Again, that's 1-800-337-0157. If you are a new believer in Jesus Christ, we encourage you to get plugged into a strong Bible-believing church in your area to tell your family and friends about how Jesus has changed your life. We hope that today's message has been a blessing to you. You can find this message along with many others on our website, peacebybelieving.org, under the broadcast tab. Thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to you being with us on the next Peace by Believing with John Redmond.